0: Today is the 26th Sunday after after Trinity Sunday, and the gospel bringing a point for this day is from the 25th chapter of St. Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, beginning with the 31st verse. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all his holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory, all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, as much as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ his Son our Saviour. Amen. As we near the end of the year of the church, the gospel lections hold before our eyes images of the judgment which will befall the world, and then the judgment which occurs before the Lord's throne. In the gospel for Trinity 25, one hears the judgment that befell Jerusalem, and that which will take place when the Lord returns in glory. In today's gospel, we hear the words of Jesus, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him then he will sit on the throne of his glory all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and he will set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left as the lord once came in humility his return will be with great glory and having come in judgment he will sit on his throne to judge all the nations of men the vastness of the judgment almost surpasses the imagination How many billions of human beings will have walked this earth from the time of the creation until the day of judgment? And yet the Lord, who knows the hearts of all, will gather them all before him, will divide them with the ease of one like unto a shepherd, sorting out his sheep from the goats. For us, we are often overwhelmed by the differences which divide, the confusion of languages, the tangled knots of history differences of philosophy or culture, variations of skin color, bone structure, regions of the earth, and countless other ways in which we sort human beings into nice, neat little categories. The Lord tells us that in the judgment, the division will be a simple one, sheep and goats, the righteous and the unrighteous. Certainly there were many among the Jews who would have thought the division an easy one, Jew and Gentile, With the simple calculus of all racial thinkers, imaginings of salvation through ethnic identification identify the pesky trouble of that which the Lord declares is the way of salvation, repentance from sin, and faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus clearly declares, All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. The identification of the animals is significant, for both sheep and goats are clean animals under the dietary law. Why does this matter? Well, if Jesus had made the division between sheep and swine, for example, that is, between ritually clean and ritually unclean animals, then his hearers would have seen the distinction as one between Jew and Gentile. St. Paul wrote in Galatians the third chapter, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. The distinction, therefore, is not between the sheep and the swine, between the sheep and the goats. The judgment is between those who believe in Jesus and who are baptized into him, and those who do not and are not. One's worldly status, even on such a fundamental level as the distinction between free and slave, male and female, is not determinative of salvation. What matters is that one is a son of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. St. James wrote in the second chapter of his epistle, But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. When thinking of sin, perhaps you have grown accustomed to thinking primarily of what we call sins of commission. That is, those sins which are committed by doing, thinking, or saying a thing which God has forbidden. A sin of commission would be stealing, adultery, neglecting hearing God's word, murder, telling a lie, idolatry, or coveting, for starters. But notice that in the judgment, Jesus notes sins of omission, that is, the failure to do the good. Those who are condemned are not identified as rapists, murderers, or tax cheats. Instead, we read, Then he will say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison? And did not minister to you. Then he will answer them saying. Assuredly I say to you. inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these. You did not do it to me. They failed to do the good. To feed the hungry. Clothe the naked. Shelter the homeless. Give a drink to the thirsty. And in the eyes of the Lord of heaven and earth. It is as if they failed to show such charity toward God himself. By failing to do the good, they committed sin, and came into everlasting condemnation. But we behold in the word of the Lord that neither the righteous nor those who will be condemned behold their actions as having been directed toward the the Lord. After all, the righteous also ask, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? In each case, the action of the just and the unjust toward their neighbor is a reflection of faith or the lack thereof. As in the case of the wicked servant who could not forgive his fellow servant the debt of a hundred denarii, even though he had himself been forgiven 10,000 talents. So the unjust do not show generosity toward those who are in need, and demonstrate their contempt for the creator through their misuse of the things of his creation. This is the point, then, when the temptation to works righteousness comes into play. For the flesh will think, If I am generous toward my neighbor, God will, repay, will reward me. But this misses the point. First, because even then, your love toward your neighbor will be imperfect, There will be times when you sin because there was a need and you failed to meet it, and the wages of sin is death. Second, because it is still not compassion if your motive for helping another person is your greed for gain for yourself. What is required, then, is a conversion of your heart, and you cannot grant that for yourself. Those who enter into condemnation will have been guilty of such sins of omission, such failures to do good, But the epistle reading for today from 2 Thessalonians, the first chapter, also reminds us that not only will the wicked have failed to help the brethren of the Lord, they will have also persecuted the church. St. Paul praised the church in Thessalonica, even boasted of them, because of their patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God, and those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We see, then, that such suffering of the cross, such endurance of persecution becomes an outward mark of the church. Far from the notions of the prosperity gospel crowd, St. Paul identifies suffering persecution as manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer. But the simple endurance of suffering, like the expression of charity, does not save. Instead, the righteous endure suffering and exercise charity because of their faith in the one who is the giver of all good things, the one who is the good shepherd to his flock. The Lord gathers his sheep, granting them eternal life with him. It is as we read in the words of the Old Testament lection from Isaiah, the 49th chapter. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. This is the measure of his compassion, his care for us. Jesus feeds his people, cares for them, leads them. Thus the Lord of all suffered and died for the sins of the whole world, so that the good shepherd thus provided for the salvation of all those who would be added to his flock. He gives us his word of forgiveness in the holy absolution, so that we would be assured that our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. As by the power of his word, the Lord called into being all things and through that word sustains them. So through the word, we are forgiven and through water and the word, our sins are washed away. In the day of judgment, those who do not believe will be eternally lost, but for those who hear and hearing, believe the trust, which the Lord has enkindled in our hearts is not in vain. The sufferings, poverty, and loss of this world are for a brief time. Then comes everlasting joy in the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. O God, so rule and govern our hearts and minds by thy Holy Spirit, that being ever mindful of the end of all things, and the day of thy just judgment, we may be stirred up to holiness of living here, and dwell with thee forever hereafter. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to visit them today for the 10 a.m. worship service. Sunday school falls immediately after the divine service. We also have a midweek matin service at 11 a.m. on Wednesdays. We invite you to join us then as well. Salem Lutheran Church is located approximately two miles north of Malone off of FM 308. For more information on Salem Lutheran Church or these broadcasts, You may visit us on the internet at www.salemlutheranchurch.net. These broadcasts are provided through the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.